I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever by Jason. Jason, hello. Uh, good evening, Tom. How are you? Very hot. Uh, still burnt to a crisp from the weekend. Um, but now well rested and uh, and ready to go for another week. What about you? Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to go for another week. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know. Glutton, it was. How was it? Punishment. How was it, Tom? Because you were you were there, weren't you? Yeah, it was very good. I think, uh, you know, as I said to you uh, before we came on, that I, f- I think this year was one year where I kind of felt like it almost it was harder to get into the actual championship as a whole, uh, being there as opposed to being able to sit there and watch it on TV. I think that probably is the case quite often, but I think I've been spoiled in game when I've been to Troon and Burkdale because you've had sort of a showdown between two people down the final round and followed it all the way. Whereas you would try and split your time between some, uh, you know, I think the the inquisitive nature of me wanting to go and see more of everyone, you kind of get kind of pulled apart and, and don't really get right in the mix of things. So that and the fact it was 100 degrees, it was uh, it was a bit of a tough weekend. But um, great champion, um, absolutely superb. Um, I, the only reservation, the only thing I would say, and I, I can't put a negative on it because he was absolutely superb. I do think. That's the best open championship opportunity he's ever going to get, and he took it, which is why he's so good. Because I don't think he's going to get conditions like that again. Um, heat wave, unexpected heat wave in the country, no wind really to speak of. Um, but he had to execute the shots, didn't he? And I think the, the the biggest thing that impressed me was the maturity of that decision. We, we spoke last week to me about how bad he was in Scotland. Um, and, he, and he's very quickly identified that his irons were wrong for hitting through that turf, changed his irons, won the championship. It's, uh, it seems very easy at the end, and there's obviously more factors than just that in it, but I think that just shows the level of how he thinks. I th- and and do you know, I, I kind of thought this as well. You know, he's he's still young, still fairly inexperienced, despite the fact he's a two-time major champion now, but he's 24 compared to some guys coming on at 20 and 21. I just don't know if it's staying that extra time in college or biding his time, whether that kind of has helped him in the long run. Absolutely no idea. No. Can't answer that question. But yeah, he, he you know, he was outstanding. I mean, he had a job to do on Sunday. Um, he went out and done it. Uh, yeah, we discussed earlier, I'm not sure it was the most exciting finish in the world. Uh, once he'd hit those three birdies sort of on the front nine, Louis had had a benign front nine. Mm. Um, it was pretty much over, and as, as an open, it was unusual because he could literally just go fairways and greens and and do what he does over at the PGA. It's, it's not no, it's not anybody's fault. It was hot. There was hardly any wind. But you were there. Was there any wind? It didn't look like nah, it. Not really. No. I mean, you kind of every now and then you go, oh look, that flag sort of blowing. You think I don't know where that's coming from because I haven't felt a breeze for. You know, you think you're going to go further out to the to the outer the holes by the coast and think you're going to get a bit of a breeze. It just wasn't anything. Um, the, the pins were tough on Saturday. Uh, yes. I think a lot of, a lot of players commented on that. Um, but it never felt like scoring ever got out of hand. Like even on the Sunday, you know, there was people making charges and Brooks played well, Ryan played well, McIntyre played well on Saturday and Sunday. It never felt like someone was just tearing the course up. It always felt quite... Um, quite well managed I think the scoring was really good you know it got 15 under one it and that looks like a lot in open championships and it is but 
considering the conditions and how perfect they were, I still think that's a pretty reasonable score given the circumstance. I think the course was actually set up pretty well. I think the the moaning about the third round pins, I mean, there were still some pretty good scores out there. You look at the guys that finished in the top five, um, all of them broke 70. Um, so, you know, all shot under par. I think that tells tells a story, really. Uh, McIntyre shot 65. You know, <laughs> if, if the pins are that ridiculous, Corey Connors 66, Strillman 66, you know, these are not not all of them are, you know, the elite of the elite. They're they're very good players and good ball strikers. Jason Kokrat shot 66. It was very impressive, actually, to watch. Um, you know, yes, maybe the pins were tough, but isn't isn't that what you've got to do when there's no other defence? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. I mean, I mean, Ram came back and said they were the hardest pins he's ever, yeah. in inverted commas, faced. But um, he wasn't moaning about it particularly. No. Um, that's what you expect. It's the Open. You know, it, it isn't, you know, it isn't just straight down and, and, you know, you need the light. I mean, there were people that where there were disasters. There were as as the Open, you know, some people had great lies in the rough. I mean, Dustin hit one to what, three foot or something out of the cabbage. Yeah. And then you had sort of Paul Casey all over the place early yesterday, smashing it from one side of the rough to the other, and and then not. No, it it did seem. I, I, I the bunkers seemed a lot. It wasn't anybody's fault. Like I say, no. it's, it, conditions led to what were they supposed to do? They're, as you say, their only defence was tied the pins. You couldn't make it impossible, and ultimately the best iron player in the world um, only had to hit greens in regulation. From not you know quite a long way out and and that's what he does so that's what he did. Uh, Jordan again did what did what he does. A um, couple of his putts yesterday were just unbelievable and they they just slid past the hole. But he would have been a, a very worthy winner, wouldn't he? As well, had he won. Uh, Ram made too many mistakes. Louis looked. He didn't look a lot. He had any fight once once it had gone. Um, and then obviously the the rest came from behind. Mackenzie Hughes hold a couple of long putts and it's back to the Mackenzie Hughes that we know and has the reputation that that he's got. Yeah. Um, Sir Bob, yeah, we need to. Uh, yeah. Anyway, one shot away <laughs> from a nine month plan, um, or in fact, simply a um, to be honest, a par at the fourteenth, or, or you know, or I mean, it was a birdie hole. If you hit yeah. The fairway. Yeah. yeah. For most people, um, there we are. And everybody else, really, they were out of it, so it wasn't that difficult to, um, you know, those that were chasing it. So you could see somebody like Casey, for example, trying to chase it and, and got into a lot of trouble. Connors was up there and then just drifted away. And he was, I mean, he can't play anyway. But um, interesting, it was. It was a bit. I mean, Ben put up something about the Masters, and yeah. and there was little snippets of that type of thing. If you were perfect with your irons and you knew where to hit them. You could make scores, and if you didn't know what you was doing, you didn't. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. You know, it's um, as I say, I, I don't think it was a memorable open. I think there are there are things you can congratulate Morikawa on. Yeah. But I don't think as as a an open, I think you know we might be better off moving it to October. But mm. well, the, the thing is, isn't it? They're the worst combination of they've had a ton of rain to soften up the course. Uh, and then, and then the weekend of perfect conditions. There was just no, there was just no defence, and mm. other than the pins, and you know, like like Ben said, and like you just said there about the, the comparisons to the Masters. I think it's just simply we, we saw the people that executed the iron shots uh, got the job done. Uh, it, it really did feel inevitable, even on 
Saturday when I came home, I, I kind of I kind of thought Spieth was the one. Uh, you know, Colin Morikawa obviously went on to win it, um, but it always felt like it was Spieth that was going to put the pressure on. Um, and because he didn't over those, I know he obviously eagled the seventh, um, but even forgetting the two bogeys that he made, that you know ultimately cost him a chance to get in the playoff, just just not birding any one of those first sort of five six holes. Even even if he chucked a bogey in there, just just to show, get a bit of a roar, get a bit of a, you know, put the pressure on, see Collins, see a leaderboard with his name popping up after a birdie. There was just none of that, and it just felt like you never want to say a player has been handed it because he was just in cruise control and did what he does, um, and gave nothing up. And he's you know he's he's two times a major winner, and both final rounds he's not posted a bogey. So that is just oh, yeah. clinical, isn't it? That there is just no negative to Colin Morikawa's play, but I do think. That the chasing pack were disappointing. Um, obviously, Brooks does what he does, um, flies up the leaderboard, but was never, you know, was never in it um, really. Even when he posted that score, um, Colin Morikawa had to have done a lot to, to give that up. John Rahm, yeah, okay, went close. And to be honest, I think from the I didn't see much of it, but the reports I heard, he kind of missed an awful lot of putts that he probably could have yeah. won the tournament yeah. again. So. Um, and he had a slow start on, on Thursday as well. So, yeah, like you say, I don't think it was the most memorable uh, opens. I think the course wasn't, but purely because maybe the, the, the challenges they faced, I think it would have be been a better test if it was a typical open. Um, but, yeah, I think we saw some, some really impressive performances. You know, Mackenzie Hughes breaking 70 every single day, finishing in the top six on his open debut. Impressive. Dylan Fratelli, another major championship, another good performance. Um, I was blown away how popular Louis Oosthuizen was. You know, I kind of thought that Spieth would be the most popular, and and certainly Rahm. But it just everyone seemed to be willing Louis Oosthuizen on. Uh, there were a few South African fans there, but generally speaking, it was the, the British contingent were just so behind Louis. I don't know if it's just because you know he's gone so close so many times this year, um, and you know in previous years, and also. Um, won an Open Championship in the past. I just know he's just such a household name that people love him. I, I don't know, but it, it just felt like he was being wheeled on. Um, didn't quite get over the line. I was impressed watching Dustin Johnson, albeit that the third round wasn't very good. Um, we didn't see much of that, but obviously there's 73 in there. Um, but signs there again that he's sort of not coming back because he never truly goes away too much. It'd be interesting to see if he gets a PJ Tour victory before the year's out because... He's got that kind of streak, hasn't he? Of PGA Tour wins and seasons. I think he's at 14 seasons in a row now. Um, so he wants to keep that going. But yeah, I think that's pretty much my my summary of the of the Open. Sergio Garcia looked like he might have done something for me for a little while, but Saturday kind of puts to rest his chances. 66 in the final round was was nice when uh, way out of contention, unfortunately. Do you think there was any Ryder Cup permutations yesterday? No, not really. Does it make any difference? On... No, not well, I think um, I mean, be... Larry getting himself into automatic is a big thing, I think, because I think um, I almost think Podrick wants him to get in there so he doesn't have to pick him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because, I... But then, you know, everyone's kind of looking at McIntyre now as a pick. But there's just so many experienced heads you've got to look at. You know, Rose it's, needs it's, to it's pick. Sergio needs a pick and Polter needs a pick. Um, well, I'd argue Rosie leave behind, but you know, what do you do? But life moves on, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes you know you 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 have to just give people the experience. Be looking for two years' time rather than this year. Yeah, maybe. 
you know. Um, you know, I mean, you never want to concede coaches... defeat, but it's a, it's a perfect goal for. Well, you're not. I you're, no. you're not conceding defeat by putting in you know, num- you know, top fifty players in the world. No, absolutely not. Instead but, of, I mean, is... we, and to be fair, I think so, I, you know, a couple of them you are putting in top fifty players yet over people that are ranked outside that. Yeah. Because of experience, um, and yet, you know, it, it could well be the last Ryder Cup for somebody like Poulter or you know whoever. Um, do you say, yeah, you know, this will be your swan song or whatever, at the risk of, you know, yeah, okay, we'll take Bob for example. Yeah. Um, you know, extremely attacking. Yeah. Um, could make or absolutely break, uh, you know, himself at a summit like the Ryder Cup. But you know, as has always been, you know, you need a, a variety of, of players, and you know, if you want to start going, okay, we'll have Larry. You know, obviously you say Shane's in. Yeah. If you want. Lowry and then we'll stick the you know and we just keep putting the old boys in because of experience you know you, you've got to move on in life haven't you you know otherwise next year you go okay well and again we just pick I, I mean I can't even think who would be in it in two years time you know McIntyre and, and the likes of, of all the other 20 somethings mm. you're going to be having eight of them in with no experience at all yeah. so at some point you've got to say let, let's not lose it when it comes back here on a course that we you know we really should, should be winning and I think I think if anyone's going to think outside the box like that, I think it's going to be Podrick Harrington. I think that he's the type of person that isn't going to be loyal to anyone. Um, I think that he is the sort of person that looks ahead, despite the fact that it's probably going to be possibly his only run at being a captain. Um, but like you say, it means an awful lot. Not uh, concede, I think it was probably the wrong word, but Whistling Straits is a perfect golf course for the US team. They've, they've oh, made the decision to pick six players, so they're going to pick the hot hands at the right time. There's not really any bad combinations they can pick, which it looks like every year, and, and we still beat them. But uh, like you say, do you give do you give McIntyre a run out so that he's prepared to do it in two years' time? Um, I think Poulter's earned the right to definitely go. I think Sergio played so well when he was given the chance um, in Paris. He's almost got one more to give. Um and then, do you treat Justin Rose as Sergio was treated last time and put him in and and improve it? I, I, I don't know, but it, it really is tough. I think that McIntyre's pushing his case, but you just kind of want him to do just something else. He's got time to do it now, hasn't he, for a couple of months, mm-hmm. um, just just to maybe just make it impossible to leave him out. Because at the moment, I still think there's there's things to go against him, despite the fact that he's playing well in in good spurts. So. I don't know. It, Justin Rose is certainly not painting himself in any glory, so I don't think we. I need to. I don't feel as passionate about taking him as I would a, a Poulter or Sergio, but um, we'll see. We will see. It's not a Ryder Cup podcast, is it? So we can come on to that later on. Anything else on the Open Championship? No, nah, not really. Is what it was. It was. Uh, yeah, there we are. What can you do? We call on uh, Bob next year, aren't we? Now? That's it. Yeah, we can do it. We can do that all over again. <laughs> but uh, the you know this week's Kazoo Open, which I think is presented by Gareth Bale. Um, it's pretty sad times. We need to retire, you know rely on a part-time golfer, full-time bench warmer at the moment uh, to to raise the stakes in a European Tour event. But this is where we land at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, Matt Wallace is the nine-to-one favourite. I won't even talk about that. Uh, Sam Horsfield at 14 to 1, coming back to a course he's won on. Justin Harding 16 to 1 with Aaron Rye at 16s as well. 
Laurie Cantor 20s, and then we've got a, a group of 25s with Jordan Smith, Adrian Otwegi, Matthew Jordan, Callum Hill. Um, Aaron Rye would probably the one out of those top four. I think we'd both probably agree would be the the most tempting. Yeah, I think I think out of that, I think it, it looks, you know, it looks the course. I mean, if you go back um, over the winners here, I know they've played it over a couple of courses. They they just went off for a couple of years, didn't they? But if you go back, um, everything is about um, you know approaches. Everything is about tee to green. You know, Rye is fastidious. Um, yeah, like I say, I mean, tee to green. I think uh, at Kel- at the Kel- I mean, Celtic Classic and the Welsh Open. So it's really weird because when you go through the form, you see some miscuts at one thing and then top tens at the next, and or vice versa. So it is really weird that a golfer can wake up, you know, one week uh, course and play well, and the next week not. But I mean, there's so much of Tita Green stuff. Um, six of the top tens last year at Celtic Classic, for example, were in the top ten of, of Tita Greens. Um, you had the second, the fourth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and eleventh. Um, you know, in the top ten, um, you go to the Wells Open, which was just uh, a week later, wasn't it? Um, you've got five of the top twenty, four of the top ten, same sort of things. So everything's about that. We look at the list. I mean, even you're not going to argue with me. You go down, you see. Um, uh, Loughton, Poulter, Bordy, JD, Sterney, you know, none of them are bombers. Um, they're all got a really, really fantastic high-end game. Um, we know what we're looking for, don't we? And if we go we go even further into it, plenty of those have, have form at sort of three courses. There's plenty of Scottish Open form. Um, I've gone convoluted, I spoke to you before, but it does link in. There's Scottish Open, there's France, KLM, um, You've got people like Wiesberger who was who played well last year, who finished second behind Luton um, in 2016. Luton's got a Scottish as well. Um, JD has got plenty in France, Malaya, Maybank. Um, goes out in Nordia, he wins as well. So over in Scandinavian, we know that Scandinavians play well, although it's really been taken over by South Africans now. <laughs> but Scandinavians normally play well at our home opens. Um, Richard Sterney was second in France behind GMAC, who also won this in Scotland. Uh, Alexander Noren is one in France, Scotland, and then Aldea. It's just, it, it's the same courses all the time, and it's the same people. Loughton, Bordy, Sterney, Carlson, Laurie um, are just some of those that have got top three efforts here and have won. Um, and it re- really is just sort of the same thing. So you go back to Aaron Rye, um, we know exactly how he plays. Obviously, he's won the Scottish. Uh, he's won in Kenya. He, he's top. He's top bananas, isn't he? He's played really well over the weekend in Scotland. Uh, really well at Sandwich, sorry, um, or in Sandwich, so shall I say. In fact, <laughs> last week I walked away and went. Do you know what I didn't do? I didn't ask Sky and Ben what their favourite sandwiches were. But anyway, that was, <laughs> yeah, we that missed was the opportunity, there, didn't we? I did. You know, he, he was 12th in the Irish, uh, 35th tried, you know, defending in Scotland, which wasn't horrendous. I mean, the 71. His driving accuracy is bang on, his tee to green bang on, his greens are regulated. It's really, really boring, but you can't back him at the price, can you? No. No, it, it is one of those things that, and, and we've tried to sort of tell ourselves, haven't we, that in context, it's all it's all consensual in terms of price, and, you know, 16 to 1 in this field isn't 16 to 1 generally, and you've got to treat it as it is, but I think there is enough quality in this field, especially in the second sort of section here. That's kind of suggests to me that Aaron Roy doesn't need to be 16 to one. So I, you know, I'll go and leave him out and hope he doesn't win uh, this week. But you know, the the trio there that we mentioned, 
Jordan Smith, Adrian Atuigi and, and Matthew Jordan, I thought they all had obvious chances. Um, Jordan Smith is is playing. He had been playing well uh, at that third and length, didn't he? 22nd and 27th at this golf course. He led after round one and was second after round two last year on one, one of these events. Uh, I think it was the Wales Open one. Um, Matthew Jordan speaks for himself. He's playing really, really well. And Otegi, he's been striking the ball beautifully, best in the field for, for, for a little while. So they're, they're all going to be respected, Jason. But I think ultimately, I think I'm kind of happy with, with going down a little bit further in the betting. Uh, I looked at Jordan, um, as you rightly say, he's just massive. 12th, 19th, 12th and 18th in the Irish and Scottish. Yeah. Third year last year, obviously in the Welsh Open. That was followed a 68-66 opening at the Celtic Classic hit 63 in the British Masters at Hillside. He's, he's, you know, he's looks like he's ready to now sort of arrive on the scene, doesn't he? Yeah. But the price, really, I, I just... He, he's next to Otegi, give or take a few points. Um, and I just couldn't justify it, really. Um, I think this is a course that probably does want sort of a bit more experience hmm. when you look down the list of winners. Um, and whilst Otegi is look short of 25 as does most of the top lot uh, it is i think it's justified you know obviously a winner in scotland which fits brilliantly um second at the scandinavian mix which may or may not mean anything but certainly should have won that and obviously that brings in uh you know a scandinavian victory if you like um he's got massive form everywhere that links in with john smith and matt wallace he was tied second in china uh, sorry yeah he was tied second in china open 18 um Bjork ties in with a load of these. Smith was, um, Jordan was tied third with Matt Wallace, who, as you rightly say, is a shocking price at 91. Hmm. Uh, tied second at the Vaudreuil uh, back in France. Um, and he was 12th uh, in the French Open uh, behind Alex Noren, who obviously won this in 2011. He's Tita Green, first in Sweden, sixth at the BMW, second in the Irish, 16th in Scotland. I, I, I can't see what there isn't to like. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, you you're right what price can you make him um, mm-hmm. bear in mind that we, you know we are still offering what are we offering is it top top seven top, seven. Like, top six top seven yeah I, I don't know what price you can make him in, in, in what is potentially a weak field um, he's not missed the cut here uh, what do you want so so for me as much as I'm a fan of, of Jordan Smith um, I thought I'd take you look bang on to, to do something this week yeah, yeah, I can I completely agree with that. And and if he were to win, and I, and I wasn't on him, I'd be a little bit disappointed. But I, as I try to do with these guys, I, you know, Otegi was a you know much more attractive price a couple of weeks ago, and was you know making similar cases in in that field as well, and it didn't happen. But um, you know, we we go on the, the the first guy that I came to, which is gonna make me seem a little bit kind of counterproductive, I suppose, in terms of saying they're too short. Um, Will Bessling, I was just really impressed with his profile. Um, you, you know, you said that it doesn't suit, it, it doesn't necessarily need bombers here to contend, but I do think if you can gain strokes off the tee, it's obviously massive. Um, and he's done, he's been in the top five in four of his last five starts in strokes gained off the tee. Um, he was second last time out and around the green. Um, he had that 11th place finish here uh, last year and a 53rd as well. So he can obviously play the golf course. So he's in good form. Um, certainly some current form there with uh, back-to-back top twenties, uh, three top twenties in the last five starts. So 
I think he's he's good each way value. That the the trouble is whether he's got that win equity, which I suppose you'd argue that Atagi has. Um, we don't know whether Jordan and Jordan Smith have it at the moment, um, but but certainly Atagi would be pretty confident in that. So it's whether you think you take a twenty five to one bolt on to really contend or a forty to one that, that that could sneak a win because I, I don't think the field is is so hard that he can't. I mean I don't. I don't think a player turns up and, you know, I don't want to sort of bash him too much, but does anyone turn up to a European Tour event and go, God, I'm worried about Matt Wallace this week? Um, Horsfield, I think, gives that a little bit. I think he's got a bit more of a swagger about him, a bit more of a, a strut and that about him. But even then, I think it, there's question marks over whether he's, what his motivations are. Um, Justin Harding certainly doesn't do that for people. Aaron Arai doesn't. So... I don't think there's a player in here that people are going to come and be scared of. And, you know, down the stretch, I think any kind of novice, as long as they're playing well and hitting the ball well, um, can contend. So I've gone with Will Bessling at 40-1 to to, to give it a push. I think I think there's, I think there's a... Is it the 15th it may well be? I, I can't remember. Uh, which is a drivable par four. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty blind. And I, I seem to remember last year, everybody going for it. Apart from, I think it might be... It was either Peters or Dietrich. Yeah. Uh, memory I'm getting old um, and the majority that went for the green ended up right on the bank and made birdie really difficult and it makes perfect sense I, I haven't looked back to see how these people played that sort of hole um, but it makes perfect sense that a sort of more thinking type of player yeah. eventually won uh, and uh, one hole so so you know four four shots potentially during the week isn't going to make a great deal of difference but I just it thought it could it was, be the difference though couldn't it I thought it was illustrative of the type of player. Yeah. I think it, I'm sure it was. Oh, Dietrich ended up hitting six or something stupid or miraculous. But but I just thought they they go for a green where the downside is they end up on a bank and bird mm. is really unlikely. You're unlikely to eagle it. You're not gonna you're not gonna stop the ball on the green hitting it from 350 yards anyway. And the more sensible just saw it as a mid iron layup and a and a wedge in and gave themselves a proper. And I just thought that was the type of of uh, course that that it looked and the type of tournament it looked and therefore I, I obviously Rye as we say but he's too short I I had to put John Catlin in hmm. um, you know he's your thinking type of player we've discussed Catlin loads on here haven't we yeah. I mean loads of times and, and quite rightly you know three time winner Austria Valderrama Irish all courses that you have to have a little bit of nous you know to do you don't you can't bosh it around there obviously he was tied six here last year after a, a miscut, oh, sorry, he miscut the week after, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, some bizarre reason. Um, he's top five in tee greens. He's fifth on tour tips greens of regulation over three months. Um, everything about Catlin suggests these are his courses. And I've got the bizarre one that that probably has no relevance at all. But he did win the Thailand Open in 2019 on a course that Chris Wood won. Good old Chris Wood. <laughs> back in 2012 and Chris Wood won the Lioness and was second in France behind Alexander Norrin who obviously won here so whilst I've absolutely no idea to be honest with you, what the Thailand Country Club is like um, there's something there and everything that he's done in the, on the right courses suggests that he will make less mistakes around here than a lot of the, um, the flashier types and I thought faulty uh, and we've said this a few times about Catlin. I know a couple of weeks ago with 66 and let us down. Um, but nevertheless, I, I think in this field, when you're talking 
as you say, the likes of Wright at 16. Laurie Cantor, who has at one at 20. Um, and you've got you know, a man here who's teeter green and, and fantastic around the greens. You know, Matt Jordan has at one. He's 25. Catlin's won three times this year. And he's 40. I, I, I don't understand why he's that price. And the thing about Catlin as well, which is, you know, you say it's quite bizarre that he kind of missed that cut the week after because you'd think that the week after would have been the better test for him because the scoring was a bit harder, wasn't it, with Lane Gascoigne as opposed to Horsford mm. winning? So it actually shows the versatility oh. that that kind of what we expect him to be good at. Maybe he's actually just as good at the other, isn't he? So it's uh, it's an interesting one completely. So yeah, I, I like Catlin. I always like Catlin. I never seem to pull the trigger on him, but you know. That is what it is. Danny Van Tonder, I think, caught both of our eyes, didn't he, uh, this week? Obviously, gains a lot of strokes off the tee. Played very well at the Open last week um, for two rounds, anyway. In seventh place until he kind of understandably, you know, didn't make a charge at the weekend and fell back. But um, I don't think he's been missed in the betting, has he, at 33-1? He was 40-1 no. earlier. I'm um, just about to click it. And what, lo and behold, there he is. Tipped at 40-1. Yeah, and and that makes sense to me. Um, I can completely see it. It would purely be a price play for me. I don't, there's nothing that really stands out from a, a statistical point or a trends point that suggests to me that I'd, that I'd really want to back him. It's just purely I think he's a better player than 40-1 in this field when there is a question marks over the people at the top. You know, when we talk about the, the guys like Connor Seam and, and people like that that he was 40 to one earlier and again i'm guessing he's he's been tipped up at the same place yes. um because you'd think he'd be closer to like smith and jordan you know they're all kind of similar profiles similar win rates etc um so that, that would probably just highlight to me that the, the 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 numbers are slightly wrong on those two and there's probably a middle ground with it you could probably put them all at 33 to one and, and forget about it richie ramsey was there at 35 to one he was off my shortlist um last one off so that area, I think, I wouldn't be surprised if the you know the winner came from that kind of twenty-five to forty range. Um, but hopefully, the, the one other one that I kind of like to look up is Jack Kreuzvik. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his name anyway. But you know, he's someone I've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast. You like him as well. Uh, current form is obviously decent, um, with three top twenty-fives and a thirty-fifth in his last five starts. He was fourteenth on this course last year, shooting a sixty-seven, sixty-five. Uh, over the weekend at the Celtic Classic after making the cut on the number. So he really kind of left himself too much to do going into the weekend, but showed an appetite for it. Um, 66 to 1 is a standout price um, with Sky Bet at six, uh, six places. So if you, if you do like him, then, then certainly go there. But he's been second in approach and 15th off the tee over the last five, uh, 15 weeks uh, on tour tip. So for me, just kind of, I, I really like that. He's someone that looks like he's got a bit of potential to win. Um, South Africans have obviously had a you know pretty impressive season. If that's anything to go by, then uh, then I think he's worth putting in. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, I like both of them. I like Van Tonda, I like Cruising. I think Van Tonda sort of elevated his status with that um, ranking. Was he second Tita Green in the USPGA? Yeah. Um, I think that that elevates his status, but you can't knock it eight at BMW. I think, and uh, when he was twelfth and first, obviously at Kenya when he was outstanding. To be honest. So and he does love a tree sort of tree course, you know. Schwani's got tied second and fourth, six at the Alpha Daniel in two thousand nineteen. But you know, I think the price is gone. I don't think it's a thirty three well, one I, shot. I like Cruzic. I think if you can get sixty six, 
about a very very good high-end player yeah uh, yeah i i then I, I mean, i've got him down at 40 so i didn't really realize there was 66 about yeah um you sure your computer's probably not i haven't refreshed it oh no there is yeah there is 66 about <laughs> so yeah that that to be honest yeah that i wouldn't necessarily be overboard at 40 because i think again you can have catlin at the same price yeah um but yeah, 66, yeah, can't argue with that. Uh, the, the difference between Van Tonder and Kreuzfeldt, I think Van Tonder's very much more volatile, which I think pays off in probably over the span of a career. He probably wins more than someone like Kreuzfeldt um, at, over this year, at this level. But uh, you don't maybe get know what you get week to week because his strength is so focused on that sort of bomb off the tee. Um, if that's kind of even a little bit awry, um, that takes away his biggest form, whereas Jack Kreuzfeldt's pretty solid with his irons and you kind of know what you're getting week to week. So... That's for me was was kind of why I went there and and Tonda I very much respect and I, and I think he's got a great chance so I certainly wouldn't put anybody off him. Um, other than that, Jason, I didn't really go much further. I know that it's the kind of temptation to go for some long shots here. I did look at Fernandez Castaño just because he's got unbelievable course form. Um, you know, over the last fifteen years on tour tips, he he's number one uh, in course form, but. I don't know if he's that type of player anymore. Um, but, you know, if he turns up to Celtic Manor and it, it makes him happy, then 250 to one with six places is not bad. Seven places, 200 to one, if you just want to just want to take a chance on someone that's been around the block and, and seen it. But any long shots for you? No, I mean, I looked at Matt Baldwin. Um, yeah. well, I think he ranked, he ranked top five on tour tips over 15 weeks to agree. Hmm. Um, you have to pick out bits with him don't you you know scottish open fifth france um the ispa invitation or uh, the irish open you have to pick out little bits with him um but i think that there's potential there 175 200 something like that um, i know we just discussed two youngsters norman and schmidt yeah. uh, but nothing's lost there and as you rightly said once once maury carr was told him that you know he'll go far at the british open um, which was a bit of a faux pas, but nobody bothered because he's the champion golfer. Um, then, yeah, I mean, uh, so so those two youngsters really interested. Um, but I ended up as uh, biggest price I've got is uh, Matthew Pavon or Matthew Pavon. The French are, I'm not, so it's Matthew, so I don't say. And he does go on little runs of, of sort of decent form. Um, problem is, of course, he's never won as a professional. Um, but, you, you know, you look back, uh, six at Nordea, Chris Woods was tied second, Donaldson was seventh, Bebo was eighth. They all like this. We know Nordea counts here. Uh, he's got the top ten in the Irish a couple of years ago, 68-68. First two rounds. I think he led it. can't remember. He was definitely up there anyway. Uh, Mauritius, he's got a tied fifth. Fratelli won it. Longas was third. Louis Eustazen was seventh. Uh, he's got a tied second at the same place. Harding, uh, Fratelli were behind him. So he can really play. And I must be honest, the reason he caught my eye is because I had him in a two one, And I had uh, Uncle Bob against him and uh, Pavon beat him. Um, all his rounds were 69 and under last time in Scotland. We know that Scotland counts. I don't care where it takes place. It counts. But... Quite interested in 66 and 70. Not like we say, you've, you've got the problem that he never wins. Um, but it's back to form. Uh, 10th seat of green last time. 
So he was my biggest, although, as I say, Catlin would be my main bet. Um, yeah, I think that's four, really, and I think that's it, to be honest. I was slightly interested in Marcel Schneider just because he's been playing pretty well. He was eighth in Grand Canaria, seventh for the Porsche European Open, one on the Challenge Tour two starts ago. Um, you know, he, he's been pretty steady on the on the Challenge Tour all season long, really. Um, so he's he's dying playing. T's you know off the tee wasn't as standout as I'd hoped it'd be considering his level, but his Challenge Tour results are not in there. Um, so it'd be an interesting one to keep an eye on. I might, might have a go at him on Betfair if I can get him out to 150 or, or whatever just to win only. Um, 3M Open. I don't think there's really much to it. I think I kind of just look at people that are hitting the ball well, um, are in decent decent nick. I don't think there's any any one profile that really stood out for me at this event. Uh, there was... Um, there's a website. I'm supposed to advertise or not really, so I won't. Um, and they've got they've got the stats and in uh, Thompson's year when he won it was it 2020 wasn't it yeah. first um, they've got approaches as counting 47 percent of the overall strokes gained which is huge I mean they don't have a tee to green stat so obviously it's, it's including that um, but the off the tee isn't the pattern's not necessarily it's that there but 47 percent so you know I think you had to go for it and then you look back uh, when Matthew Wolf won it. And you've got Matt Wolf, you know Bryson, Morikawa, and you think to yourself, blimey, that's pretty good, isn't it? Um, so what do you do? We don't have much of a, a record, really. We've got two, I would say, different um, leaderboards. Although if you, if you look in it, you know you've got Carlos Ortiz, Lucas Glover. We know he's a Tita Green merchant. Um, Sam Burns obviously gone a bit at the moment, but you know he's there. Uh, and over the other side, we've got Finau, Grio, Homer. Uh, Charles Schwartzel, who I know you like, um, so and Ryan Moore, people like that. So it does look as though it is all about decent iron player. I think they've tried to tighten up the course, haven't they, to do you off the tee, which makes the approaches even more um, important. And, and again, that's why I, I, I try to make it quite simple. I did bring in the Shriners a little bit, um, just and that is through the Wolf year, to be honest. So it may be a mistake. Yeah. Uh, Wolf obviously at Shriners Hadwin's got Shriners form Clark's got Shriners form um, meh we'll see we'll see I'm not overbold about it but that that's the view I took you have to take one and that, that's where I went I think it's very much just like you look at those scoring low scoring events that just rewards the hot iron player that week you know anything like Desert Classic or you know whatever they used to call it beforehand um, Shriners anywhere where you you, you know 20 under par is going to win it I think is worth just looking at as an indicator Honda Classic seems to come up a couple of times because obviously Michael Thompson and the people behind him on that week. But uh, I took a very simple approach, mate, and I'm going to just sort of run through them, really. Uh, Emiliano Grillo was third on his debut last year. Uh, He was 12th at the Open last week. Um, His his current form is absolutely superb. He's got a second, a 14th, an 8th, a 12th in his last nine starts. Um, In those starts, he's been fourth, second, ninth, and sixth in strokes gained approach. So... Yes, he's short, um, but for good reason. I think there was kind of 40 to 1 about him. He's kind of been cut in there, but 35 to 1, eight places is, is brilliant, I think, from the Agrilla. That was a 40 gone, is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I can't argue. Right in front of I our think, eyes. <laughs> I think he, he absolutely just looks standout. Got to give you a run. Played really well. Um, uh, yeah, I, 
Yeah, we, I don't, I've got nothing else to add. I think we've covered it. I think he looks... It's, it is only his lack of winning. I mean, he only had to win in the last 18 months, you know, for, us, for him not to have that reputation. Yeah. Um, third here last year, 64-65 weekend. Or sorry, or whatever, too, but how many, how many times I've done it. You've given it all away, mate. I mean, the thing is, it's interesting. When you look at his sort of pain, occasionally he can do it. Uh, it's very hard to tell when he can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you can't knock him. He comes off that 12 at the British Open. Oh, I've said it myself. He's <laughs> got uh, the top that 12 at the Open, <laughs> you know, closing on the final day. He's got plenty of mid-60 finishes on the week. Uh, that's where he's going to win. He's mm. going to do it by hitting a 66, 65 on the final day and coming from behind, a bit like Power did over the weekend. Um, but how can you argue with his, his iron play? You, you can't, so you have to put him in. I mean, he's almost done that last year in in finishing third. He's finished three shots behind Michael Thompson, um, shooting 64-65 over the weekend. Adam Long shot 63-64. Tringali 63-66. Yeah. only because Thompson just didn't really give anything up. Um, Grillo started with a 71, which is just not feasible in this type of event. You've got to you've got to do it for four rounds. Um, so yeah, I, I just think like it's almost a bit like what Ben said and and what others have said about Colin Morikawa in the sense of his putting is. Is it almost better to be volatile because on your good yeah. weeks you, you gain a load and yes you might lose them on on the weeks so you're not going to win anyway but rather that than just be an even or an average below average putter every week so yeah I mean I mean look look Sky does it doesn't he he, he, he does it on approach numbers yeah. um he'll, he'll probably put you know put him up this week because the numbers are just there I I, I know um, one professional punter that's been doing this for a, a, an awful long time that when he did the golf and he'd done it for many many years. He, he used the same thing. It was, you know, as you say, putting can happen. You know, it can happen. There'll be one day where they put 13 of their approaches within three feet and they'll knock everyone in. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, I, I think 41 or whatever you said, 35, first, first eight, is it? Uh, first eight, yep. Yeah. I, well, I don't know what else you want, really. So, yeah. Uh, following straight on from that, exactly the same profile, Charles Schwartzel. Um, someone again that's kind of not done his winning in recent years. Uh, Fifty-five to one eight places is, is to stand out for him, um, but but profile very very similar, hitting the ball incredibly well. Um, you look at his last, is that that's four seven starts. Um, he's had tenth, fourth, fifth, and sixteenth in strokes gain approach, uh, best for ninth in the field on tour tips. Um, he was third here on debut last year. Um, unlike Grillo, he didn't have an over part or, or a 71 uh, in his repertoire, but he just didn't quite get low enough. He touched two 66s and two 68s. Um, but what I would say on that is he'd had four miscuts leading into that, a 41st and a miscut two starts before that. Um, so he was, I wouldn't say out of sorts, but he wasn't at the game that he is at the moment. Um, he had a nice sort of 19th place finish at the US Open. He was 26th last week. Okay, you know, expect more from a favourite last week, but... You know, he did his, did his thing. He was third at the Byron Nelson, um, where he certainly looked like he could win. 14th, Wells Fargo, better company. 26th at the Masters. He certainly just looks like he's getting back to the Charles Schwartz of old. Um, he's got one of those horrendous putters that looks like it's a, I don't know what it looks like, a bit of a router or whatever. Um, it's obviously doing something right at the moment because he, he's found his game a little bit again. Um, so 55 to 1, Charles Schwartz for me. Uh, two similar types, around the same price. In fact, they are the same sort of type. Very exposed, really. Keegan Bradley, 
Yeah. I think we throw them in every time that it's um, it's about approaches, really, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, it won't be won't be that that bothering that he missed the cut um, last week. Seventy one, seventy one isn't horrendous anyway. Um, fourth at the Shriners, which I really like. If you want to link in the sort of wolf leaderboard, um, and obviously he's won this. He's won the Shri- oh god, wrong bloke. Hold on. Right, <laughs> Bradley's been fourth at the Shriners. Fourteenth at the Rocket Mortgage, which again brings in Wolf and Bryson. Uh, he's got Valspar form, which links in with Hadwin um, and various places. Um, you know, we know he's good enough. We know what he does. Uh, you'd, you'd, worry, you'd worry about him slightly as a putter. But again, like you say, it's uh, it's volatile. And, and this event this event can turn up anything. Um, yeah, Rocket Mortgage, 10.811 shots. Tita Green gained over the field. At the PGA, it was uh, 9.5, basically. Wells Fargo five, Valspar it was nearly thirteen, and and his tee to green is just stunning. Um, will that matter here if they tighten up all the uh, all the fairways? I've got no idea. Played well enough at Valspar, didn't he, when he got beat by Sam Burns? Yeah. Uh, probably. I mean, I was on Burns when I, but he probably should have won. Uh, I thought he gave Burns a lead and then and then couldn't get it back. Um, thought fifty one was very very fair again, and another exposed man, um, even older Stuart Sink. Who's playing really well um, at the moment? Um, he's the one. He's got the win and the twelfth at the Shriners, which I really like. Um, plenty of top twenty tee to green stuff uh, and approaches. Um, does show you about this course, though, doesn't it? I mean, both Bradley and Sink finished mid forties when they when they made their debut over here. They've only played it once, yet none of them hit worse than seventy, and that was only once as well. So it does show you what you've got to do here. But I think he's second in approaches over the last 15 weeks. Stuart Sink hit 66 first round uh, at Royal St George's last week. Cook went out with a 77. Blows of 60s in his form. Thought he was worth a look, to be honest with you. So uh, that was that was sort of 50s range covered, if you like. Yeah, I mean, my, you know, I looked at Maverick McNeely, but then I looked at the price and was kind of put off. Um, you know, he's hitting his irons well, but but nowhere, you know, compared to to Grillo and Schwartzel. Um and, and he just, you know, although he's in a bit of form at the moment, it never seems to last too much with him. He does seem to be a bit of a scattergun approach. Um, but the one I really liked was Bohog or Bohog. Um, not quite sure how you pronounce it. Um, but his strokes gain numbers have been very strong in terms of approach. First, 33rd and 3rd, his last three starts, 17th, six starts to go. Um, he's 125th in the Phillips Cup standing, so he got in on the bubble last week on his performance of the 11th place at the Barbasol Championship. Um, so he's going to need to, you know, stay there if there's any of that motivational thing that you think of. But he's just a player that looks to be to be improving. He was only three shots outside of the playoff last week. Uh, he's won on the Corn Ferry Tour 2019. All of his best finishes um, in the OWGR are kind of within the last sort of 12, 15 months. So he's certainly just an improving player, finding his feet, um, sort of, you know, steady on the common very tour before sort of graduating here and looks about ready to kick on. If his, uh, if his approach is going to stay like that, then, then I'm certainly very happy. Um, he was 12th last week, uh, last year, sorry, uh, on his debut. Um, and then when you look into to it a bit more on the on-tour tips, he was third after day one. So, you know, he kind of went backwards a bit. He shot 65 in the open round and then, and then went 73-69 almost looked like he sort of took himself out of it and then shot 63 final round. So, 
you know, he's got the ability to do, you know, fire the low rounds here. He's obviously something he likes about the course. If he's got that a little bit tighter, it probably suits him even better, considering his skill set. Um, you know, he needs to he needs that to keep his full playing right. So if he carries on this good form, um, then the 100 to 1 mark, I certainly like the price. You really can't argue. I mean, because, you, you, you know, I think you've got to oppose the top lot, haven't you? Hmm. So, um, and you can make cases. You know, next one up for me would be... Uh, Look at JT Poston, Poston, whatever you want to call it. Want to call him. Maybe he should have won over the weekend, but he didn't. So three rounds of 65, 66, and 66. Led the Greens in reg. Um, Very unfortunate not to win last week when you actually look at it. I mean, there's probably a bit of a bizarre decision to to keep pounding driving. I think he had a four shot lead, didn't he? Um, yeah. But he, I think he was half an inch out of bounds, wasn't he? And, and lost a shot there. Um, and, and I think he put a tweet out. Sorry to jump in, mate. But he, no, go on, he, please. He, he put a he put a tweet out basically sort of saying that he'd you know learn a lot from that and and it was sort of motivating him to to kick on a bit more um he's worked off you know i think you know this is exactly what he put he put have worked my butt off all years trying to put myself in a position to win golf is a game of inches and sometimes it doesn't go your way better believe i'll learn from it and they'll be better for it congratulations shamus power on the win so you know it took six holes i think was a playoff to actually get that victory away you know snatch away from him there's two types of players, isn't there? There's there's ones that will will you know kick on from that and oh. take that as a positive, and there's some that will you won't see them again for six months. Um, no. And it's just what you believe JT Poston is at the end of the day. I mean, he is and was demon putter for a, a hell of a long time, and it, yeah. you know you look down tour tips and it, you know it, it tells you where he is on the strokes game putting. I mean, he's got plenty of top ten stuff. You know, his first at the Farmers when he got top twenty, tenth at Phoenix eight for the players you know he, he can play I like the fact he was I mean the valve spot has little bits so he didn't do a lot there but he was still six putting and he was missing every uh, every fairway so what does it tell you um, I'm not sure you know um, we know him as a putter rather than I think rather than a demon around the greens hmm. um, but yeah like you say last week he was back to form you know back 20th to green found five shots um, second in putting I just thought he could take that confidence on Again, he's got the third in the Shriners. Whether that means anything or not, I don't know, but I'm hanging on to it. 80 to 1, who cares? Well, look, he's beaten, uh, you look at that Wyndham Championship win he had. He beat Webb Simpson, Benny Ann, Victor Hovland, Siwoo Kim, Sungjae, Billy Horschel, Kokrak, who we know went on, Paul Casey, all that were in that. It, you know, he's yes, there are players that can put that type of pressure on, but, you know, they're, they're coming back over from England, whatever, you know, I'm sure... One of Dustin, Louis, Finau, Reed, Wolf, you know, well, Wolf was actually over at the Open, Tringali, any one of those can, can obviously contend, so can Bob, so can Sergio. But th- there is an element that you just want to leave him alone. I mean, I just don't, I never want to back Louis, who stays in the, winning at 14 to 1. Dustin just does what he does. He's quite easily can hack up by 10 shots. Tony Finau's probably not going to win, is he? Um, as much as it pains me to say that. So. There's better tests suited to Patrick Reed than this one. I don't think it's an all-out birdie fest is what he likes. And you look at Poston's, you know, where he's well. Wyndham's a low-scoring event. Barbasol is obviously second last week. Heritage is pretty low-scoring. Sanderson Farms, Shriners that you like. Charles Schwab that you like. Phoenix, you know, Desert Classic 7, which I mentioned earlier. Any Anything where you've got to get sort of like 20 under par, he's passing that skill set comes into play, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the pick. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, it's unusual to be able to, to, to yeah I think it was 50 last week I think 55 I think yeah. I know it was a weak event 
but it's unusual for someone to come second and then be 25 points bigger because I know you've got obviously you know world rankings and stuff and plenty more in front of them but how motivated are they yeah, I don't know. I well, I, I, I sort of applied the same logic when Herbert won at the Irish Open and then went up, he went from 33 to 1 to 50 to 1 for the Scottish. I know that was an all time strength of field for the European Tour and that, and that event itself. But he went up in price after winning. Like, And now mm. you're talking about JC Poston going up at what? How many points? 30 points. You know, after a, a strong show and only second to his actual victory. We know he's got winning pedigree. Um, as I say, you know, I, I don't even think this is as simple as if you miss a cut this week, you can kind of chalk him off when he narrowly misses out. But you will show a sense of character. I think it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where he goes. I don't know. Is he the most consistent performances back to back? No, but he has had runs in the past, hasn't he? I think he was 10th and 8th at the Schwaben and the Heritage earlier last last year, 14th and 11th at the start of the, the RSM and the Dornham Champions. So, yeah, it, it'd just be interesting to see what he does. Another kind of name in here before you come on to your other one, Bo Hostler, I've been kind of putting up all the time. Yeah. Um, he needs to do something to get his card. Um, so, he, you know, he's been hitting the ball well. He's been hitting the ball off the tee in approaches. Um, not as sweet with him as I have been uh, in recent weeks, but was 34th here on debut, which is, you know, nothing too sad. So, you know, there's, there's probably... Another five or six players I could take a dive into this, and I will. I'll do my little tweet and research, and, and maybe there's something that finds out. There's probably a couple of courses that we can we can comp um, that, that maybe we can go into a bit further once we've uh, once we've wrapped up here. But for me, I just I just immediately just saw Grillo, Schwartzman, and Bo Hogue, and just thought I was I was really happy with that as a team. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I've got three at treble figures again. Nothing strong, I, I, although I think Ches Reevy might be a bit too big at hundred one. Uh, you're normally putting him up for everything. So, I, um, do. I do. I do like him as well. I mean, again, third and six at the Shriners, which mm. I really like here. Uh, went through a series of missed cuts, but now he's actually finishing his events. Um, he's gone 17. He's gone 17 missed cut, 19, 10, 14 in terms of approaches. So his irons are definitely back. Um, but with the British Open... Keep saying it. Yeah, with the open, again. I'm going to have to keep uh, this. Well, if Morikawa can say it, and he's champion, <laughs> and I can, right? Um, 66 at the Open is fine. Second round, you know, he, he made the cut, blah, blah, blah. He had three rounds under 70 for John Deere. Um, he's back in form, as I say, after. I don't know if you know whether he was injured um, or he was just completely out of form in sort of the middle of the year. Yeah. Um, but, he, you know, he's back in the top 20 approaches. He's back in the top 20 of Tita Green. He's back in the top 20 of off the tee. So, Everything looks right for him to do something at some point, and and you know he's trending in the right direction, as the very worn out phrase goes. <laughs> but that is what he's doing, uh, you know. And I think he's been a shorter price than this in events where he's not maybe looked as obvious that he's going to come to form. So I thought 100 to one was fair. Um, a minor chance on Rafa Cabrera Bayo is exactly the same. Again, I was looking for encouragement from. Uh, the iron play, as many people do. Um, uh, eighth in greens and reg at the John Deere, and sort of fifth in approaches, 18th to green. This is a man that was, you know, top 20 in the world in 2017, completely lost the plot in 2020, miscut 11th out of 11. He was absolutely shocking. Um, there isn't a lot there. He finished with a 64 hit, uh, in 2020 round here. 
again, I, th- I mean, it'll be much bigger on Betfair. So, you know, somebody like Rafi Cabrera-Bayo and Ches Reeve, if they can be, I mean, Cabrera-Bayo could be easily be 200, easily be 200 plus. Reeve, you may well get 150 plus. I like Reeve to get a place, to be honest with you. Hmm. Um, whereas Cabrera-Bayo, I think, would be one that, you know, could throw in a 63 at some point and then fade away. I just thought he was too big. And then, if you don't mind the the rag of the, of the week, if you like, um, I know you know a bit about him as well. But uh, yeah. Michael Gellerman, who actually ranks second on tour tips for approaches, um, and he's only had one win. Uh, the fact that he beat Harry Higgs and, and Henrik Norlander suggests that he is Corn Ferry Tour standard. Nothing much better than that, really. But the Rocket Mortgage, he was 12th in greens in regulation of third in approaches. He had 66 round here in the final round. And at 400 to 1, or probably 600 on Betfair, I didn't think you were missing much, really. Um, you know, who cares? You know, a couple of shekels on that to trade him. Um, not knowing, thinking that he's good enough. I just thought it was really interesting that he came up ahead of the likes of uh, Griot, even Garcia, I know he's not played, um, Garcia, uh, Sink, Bradley, Stricker, particularly well. Um, he came up ahead of all of those. So I know you know a bit of him as well, and you quite liked him last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked him last week, and typically he missed the cut after a run of, of decent events. But like you say, the name stands out because of approaches. It's it's kind of worth playing at 400 just one better now than he has a couple of back-to-back weeks where a strong iron play puts him to a couple of top 20s and... And everyone wants to be on because I think once they become popular for fantasy purposes like that, they tend to become popular pets. Um, so yeah, dig, dig, dig in now. Um, he is a winner, albeit a different level. So why not? Sean O'Hara lights last week and he pulled out of a neck injury. Uh, seems to be a little bit of a renaissance from him. You know, former, you know, one of the better players in the world at one point um, before his bar from instant maybe. But uh, you know, he's 301 of eight places. I certainly don't expect much. Robbie Shelton. Um, what was he third here last year? So can he go on and go low scoring? Certainly form doesn't suggest he can, but probably the sort of one I'll play that can. So I don't really have any stock in those. They're just names that I'm looking at as, as I was looking for your Michael Gellerman price there again. So nothing really else there from me. I think I'm pretty happy with, with the, the trio that I've got there. Um, and same over in Europe as well. So if you've got nothing else, I'll uh, round up our selection. Yeah, go away. Carry on. Yeah, so on the in the Kazoo Open, presented by Gareth Bale, Will Bessling forty to one. Uh, Danny Van Tonder was was a pick at forty to one. He's probably still got a chance at thirty three to one. Jacks Kroisovic sixty six to one. Um, they're my sort of three three main selections, and I'll maybe look at Fernandez Castaño as just kind of a win only. Just you know, if the uh, if the good omens come back to him. Yeah, Adrian Otegi, I think solid at twenty five. John Catlin. I think it's value of the week at 40, given what he can do. Van Tonder, I had down at 50. He must have been 50 at some point earlier. So whether I'm interested or not, 33, I don't know. And uh, I like uh, Mathieu Pavon at 66 or 70. So, yeah, I mean, there's plenty there, as you say. We've discussed them, but they're, all, you know, they're just too short. So Yeah, I just think, I just think you, you know that they might go well, but even if they go well, they're still going to go out and Price wants to field picks up again. So... I'm not too sad about missing them, of course, unless Otegi would be the one that bothers me, So, and, and you've sort of sided with him. So, 3M open, very, very simple approach to it. I just looked at the guys that are hitting their irons well. 
Um, coincidentally, both Emilio Aguino and Schwartzel finished tied third in this last week in different fashion. Last year, should I say, not last week. Um, so great approaches, good course showing last year. Thought they were very, very easy at uh, 35 and 55 to one respectively. And then Bo Hogue just seems to be a, you know, a massively improving player. Um, 37, 17th, 1st, but in third in strokes gain approach. 12th course debut last year. Uh, third after round one and a 63 in the final day. Uh, around the 100 to 1 mark, I was was pretty happy with that. Um, can't argue with Griot. I think he looks absolutely solid. People want to play that. Uh, Keegan Bradley and Stuart Sink. Um, again, I think they talk to themselves about their, you know, with their eye and play. JT Post, and I like, I think he's too big after coming back to form last week. Uh, your tweet suggests he's not too disappointed that he want to kick on. Uh, really like Jess Reeve at 101. I think there's a lot going mm. for him. Um, you know, maybe place only, but 101, who cares? And then a couple of rags, Rafa Cabrera, Bayo, you're taking a chance on. And Michael Gellerman, just because the figures say. Well, look, you know, those guys there, they're all kind of, their place value, you know, pertains to, to the ones at the top winning, don't they? So, you know, once you've got players, like, especially in Gellerman's case, it, you're, you're already asking him to do is finish in the top eight which, you know, isn't out of the realms of his possibility, the way he is his irons, a few putts drop. So, uh, yeah, you'd rather take, what is it going to be, you know, just under 100, 180, the, the place. It's uh, interesting stuff. So I think that's two events that are kind of not top of our billing, are they, Jason, across the year? Um, very much suited to the week after a major championship, but certainly some, uh, some interesting, not only just ones to watch, but some good picks from us as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like I like Wells. I like um, Celtic Manor. Um, yeah. It should be quite interesting. I think it, it like I said about that that hole. I think it's it's a course that you think you can attack, um, and you probably can do very well. But but I think you can get into a bit of trouble there as well. So um, I think that'd be a good view. Actually, I'm not so sure I'll even bother watching the three M to be perfectly honest. Uh, but we've got the ladies major anyway. We've got the Evian. Yeah, got that coming uh, tomorrow. Thank you as ever, Jason, and we'll uh, I'll speak to you in a week.